Presented by Pony Jorgensen Clamping Products and Riverbend Home. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And welcome to the program. Do you got a project that you'd like to get done? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Just pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT with your how-to questions or post them any time of the day or night at moneypit.com. If you've got something you want to get done before the holidays arrive, give us a chance to help. The number again, 888-666-3974. We're sort of your how-to coaches. We're your DIY guides. If we don't think you should do it yourself, we'll tell you to get somebody to help, but we'll tell you how to do it so it gets done once, gets done right, and you don't have to do it again. Because let's face it, we've all got some level of money pit to us. It is a term of endearment. It's something that we love. It's something that we live in. It's something that we enjoy every day, and we're going to help you take care of it. Coming up on today's show, fall may not be the season for planting a new garden, but hey, it's definitely the season for planting new trees and bushes, and that's a project that I'm actually getting ready to take on because I'm giving up trying to keep the deer away from the apparently very tasty bushes that we have now. Oh, they love it, and the best is that they'll only eat up to a certain part, which oh, they, yeah. can't, you know, they can't oh, reach, yeah. so then your trees all end up looking like these weird lollipops. I have a lollipop holly tree. I'm thinking that maybe I could decorate it for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we have a hedge line that was a Manhattan Euonymus. That's a green Euonymus bush. And it looked good, you know, for the first couple of years. But, man, the deer really have attacked it. So I'm switching out to the very deer-resistant green giant arborvitae. I just got a shipment of beautiful, healthy, and most importantly, deer-proof green giant arborvitaes from FastGrowingTrees.com. And I really can't wait to get them planted. I'm going to share the details of the project and a promo code that you guys can use for a big discount and some other fall landscaping ideas perfect for the cooler weather. And also ahead, do cracks in the walls on your home mean that you're headed toward an expensive repair? Well, not usually. Now, cracks in walls or around the doors and windows rarely mean an expensive fix is ahead, but getting those cracks fixed so they don't happen again does take a few tricks of the trade. We're going to share those in just a bit. Plus, as the chilly drafts start to find their way into your home, did you know that one type of window covering can actually help you warm up your windows? We'll talk you through that toasty option. And we're really excited today to launch a new sweepstakes with the folks at riverbendhome.com. It's called the riverbendhome.com beautiful bath giveaway, and we're giving away $3,500 in bath products from brands like American Standard and Growy. It's all available at riverbendhome.com. Check out the giveaway at moneypit.com slash giveaway. But first, we'd really like to hear from you. What are your fall project plans? Call the show right now at 888 Pit or post your questions to moneypit.com. You'll get the answer. Plus, we've got a set of 6-inch, 12-inch, and 24-inch steel bar clamps from Pony Jorgensen to give away to one listener drawn at random. They're perfect for DIYers, crafters, and pros alike. So give us a call right now. Let's get started. 888-666-3974. Sherry and George is on the line and dealing with a basement crack in the wall. Tell us what's going on. Is it in cinder block? Is it in your foundation wall? Where do you see this? It's in the wall of the foundation. It's poured cement. 
And just recently I noticed that there is a, not a straight, but kind of a curved crack. And it looks like maybe a little bit of like uh, dust or water has come through it. Okay, Sherry, is it a is it a vertical crack or is it a horizontal crack? Kind of vertical, but it kind of curves. Okay, and it's a poured concrete foundation. So has the crack always been there, or is it something that's very recent? It's not actually in the floor; it's in the wall. It's actually a basement wall, and yes, it's poured. Right. Is it always been there, or is it something that just recently popped up? I think it's pretty recent. I don't remember seeing it before. Well, cracks in foundation walls are really pretty typical, and and that includes uh, poured concrete walls, poured foundation walls. So what I would do is not panic. If it's a minor crack like that, I would simply seal it with a masonry caulk or a silicone caulk, and all you're doing is really keeping the water from the outside ground from kind of leaking back through the wall. But a minor crack like that is generally caused by a little bit of shift in the foundation, perhaps some settlement or some shrinkage in the wall itself. So we're we talking about a hairline crack here, I presume? Yeah, it's a very, yes, it's very, very thin, but it looks like something has seeped through it, and I guess that's what worried me the most. Right, it might be water, and what happens if you get groundwater that gets through and then it evaporates, it leaves its mineral salts behind, and that might be the dust that you're seeing. It's sort of like a whitish-grayish dust, and that's the minerals in the water when it when it's, oh, when it uh, okay. leaks through and then evaporates. So just sweep that out before you put the caulk in, and I think that's all you need to do right now. Well, thank you for the advice. I really appreciate it. Okay, Sherry. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now we've got Rick in Pennsylvania who needs some help getting candle wax out of a wood deck. So was it an awesome party? Uh, no, it was just a, a silly mistake. I, uh, I was actually carrying a citronella candle and I dropped it and it splashed back on myself and the deck. Well, are you okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this was like a couple weeks ago. I wasn't. Wax all over me and my eyes. It was not pleasant. Oh, oh man. That was a mess. Yeah. All right, so it's splashed all over the wood deck. It's soaking into the wood, I presume? Yeah, I scraped off what I could, but a lot of it did go into the deck. It's a brand-new deck, mm-hmm. and uh, I did not seal it or stain it or anything. I was letting the wood dry. Well, there is a trick of the trade for pulling wax out of wood that you could give a shot Pull to. Pulling wax out of anything. Really, you anything, yeah. on fabric, a tablecloth, on your clothing. This is the way to get rid of it. Okay. So what you're going to want to do is get a clothes iron, and a paper bag. And you put the paper bag over the deck, and then you put the hot iron on top of the paper bag. No steam, just a hot iron. Just a hot iron. And what it does is it melts the wax, and it soaks up into the paper bag. Yeah, somehow it magically like sticks to the paper bag, but not to anything else. Sort of blots up, yeah. But just make sure it's a paper bag and not a plastic bag, or you'll get the opposite <laughs> result. Right, right. You'll be going for a bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it can be a grocery store bag, or like a lunch sack, or a shopping bag, like any, any kind of brown bag. Okay, and just... Just melt it. I mean, it'll suck right up into the bag. All right. Now, I suspect that uh, once you do that and you wait another season or so before you're ready to, to stain or treat the deck, I would just wire brush that area right over the where the wax soaked in before you stain. And I think it'll just go right in there. I, I don't think it's going to block the stain. Those two tricks will help. Okay? I was kind of worried about that. But, uh, yeah, well, great. I, I appreciate you guys helping me out. You're welcome, Rick. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. 
Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Well, you know, fall is a great time to refresh your bathroom or kitchen. With the holidays coming and people spending even more time at home, investing in those hardworking rooms in the house really makes sense. Yup, and that's one reason we are excited to announce a new sweepstakes today with RiverbendHome.com. It's called the Beautiful Bath Sweepstakes, and RiverbendHome.com is partnered with some great brands, American Standard and Growy, to provide $3,500 worth of bath products, including some really beautiful fixtures, faucets, and lots more. Now, when you're making a beautiful bathroom in your home, it's really got to do a bunch of things. It's got to match your needs and any sort of safety and efficiency and sustainability goals you might want to have in the space, but it also has to be beautiful and match your design style and Riverbend Home can help. Whether it's a quick bathroom DIY update or an investment in a luxury bath makeover, American Standard and Growy have quality products for every style and price range. So enter the Riverbend Home beautiful bath sweepstakes today at moneypit.com slash sweepstakes, moneypit.com slash sweepstakes. You can even share your entry with your friends on social to earn even more bonus entries. Again, that's moneypit.com 
com slash sweepstakes to enter. Now we've got Elizabeth in Idaho who's dealing with some siding that's coming apart. Tell us about it. I have a 1970 um, built house and with composite siding on uh, the entire house, but on the west side where it gets most of the weather, the heat and the rain and wind and so forth, the um, horizontal siding um, has split where the, the siding joins themselves and is spread open as much as a quarter to a half of an inch. Is it just in one area or is it all over the place? Uh, it's mostly on the west side of the house that gets that gets the brunt of the weather. Okay, so many places it's coming apart or just a couple of quite places? Quite a few, quite a few. I'd say um, 10 places on the back of the house. I would caulk the seams. If it's quarter to a half inch, I would caulk it. I would get caulk that's colored to match the siding, and I would apply a bead of caulk because the other thing to do, of course, is to put new siding in. You would have to cut out the old siding and overlap that space and then paint it, and it's a really big project. So I would caulk it and call it a day. Okay. Um, we have tried that, and we've used a product. Uh, is it okay if I say the name of the product? Sure. Uh, it's DAP, D-A-P, and we've right. used DAP Dynaflex 230, and we've also tried DAP Alex Plus. And after we put that in, uh, we went out to look at it after about two or three days, and then the, that area has just gone concave, so it's just sunk into the... Uh, the siding, so it leaves a, a big concave area where it was uh, once just a crack. Now, can we put something over that? Should we just keep putting layers on? I think there's a misunderstanding with what you're trying to accomplish here. Okay, what we want to do is keep the moisture from getting in there. And and when you caulk, yes, it is going to dry and it's going to shrink and actually sort of fill in very tightly any gap that you have there. You're not using a wood filler, okay? You're using a caulk. And so I would not worry about small concave gaps like that in between the caulk. That's what I would expect it to do. Doing that, if you want to paint it over so it's all the same color, you know, you can probably blend it in more. But that is exactly what it should be doing. All right. Well, it's just kind of unsightly where where it comes together. It's just a big, you know, concave area, but it looks better than than the crack. So let's hope that's the biggest problem you ever have with your house. Okay, <laughs> I hope so. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. So, Leslie, as you know, I have a very old house. It's uh, about 130 years old. And when Sue and I bought the house, you know, way back, I don't know, 25 years ago or so, a few years into that, we planted a line of bushes. We planted Manhattan Euonymus bushes. We wanted them to kind of grow thick and give us a little bit of separation from the road. And apparently, ever since then, I've been feeding deer more than getting beautiful bushes. <laughs> My deer around our yard just love the leaves on these bushes. And I've put on, you know, deer-resistant spray and I've tried old tricks of the trade like Irish Spring soap hanging from the branches and you know look some of it works for a little while some of it doesn't work at all but the deer just keep coming so we decided that this was the year this fall right now we are going to basically cry uncle and cut everything out and replace it all with deer resistant shrubs so I went to fastgrowingtrees.com which is a site I recently learned about they're actually the world's largest online nursery and they are amazing they have every 
every conceivable variety of tree or shrub you can imagine. They've got shade trees. They've got beautiful bushes. They've got fruit trees, an amazing amount, and they ship them right to your door in just a couple of days. So we ordered Green Giant Arborvitaes because they're deer-proof. And I found not one variety, but three of them. They have different sizes of these Arborvitaes, and the whole order came within just uh, two, three days, something like that. It wasn't long at all, and we are now in the process of getting those planted. So, so happy with the site. I asked them if I could tell you guys about it, and they agreed and offered us a promo code if you'd like to use it for some trees or shrubs around your house. So to get the promo, you just go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash moneypit, and they'll give you 10% off. Their prices are already low, so this is a really great deal. That promo code is simply fastgrowingtrees.com slash moneypit. It will automatically take an additional 10% off. Check it out and let us know what you think. Laura is up next with a lot of erosion going on at her money pit. Tell us what's going on. Our yard slopes downward um, from the front to the back, probably close to, well, it's a pretty good angle. I don't necessarily know if it's 45 degrees. But when we have a hard rain, the rain comes off of the, the roadway and just like a river flows down the back to the back corner of the house. Okay. And, I mean, we're seeing trees, like the roots, I mean, real bad erosion. And I was wondering, what's the best? type of, uh, I guess, I don't know, like a retaining type wall, or is it is a, a flower bed, you know, like a large flower bed, something to stop the flow, or just like a natural, like if we put bushes down, what's the best, would you suggest, to stay out that erosion to, to stop? Well, the best thing to do is to interrupt that flow by catching the runoff and running it around the house. And an easy way to do that is with something called a curtain drain. Now, a curtain drain is dug into that sloped area at some point, and I can't tell you where. It depends on how the soil is sloped and, and shaped. It makes the most sense. But basically, think of it this way. It's a trench that you would dig in front of the house where all the water is collecting, uh-huh. and that trench... Uh, in it, you would lay a perforated pipe. And the idea is that the trench has about four inches of stone, then it's got a pipe. Stone continues to move up around the pipe, and then a little more stone on top. And you put a piece of filter cloth, and then you landscape over it or, or put dirt and grass over it. So you don't see it when it's done. But conceptually, the water shoots down the hill, falls into that invisible trench now, fills up the pipe, and then runs out the other end of the pipe, the low end of the pipe, somewhere to daylight. So to do this, you need to be able to get the pipe in place and then have the end of it uh, run out somewhere where you want to dump that water. Does that sound like it's possible with your yard the way it's configured? Yeah, no, that's very doable. I didn't know they make stuff like that, so no, that's very doable. Well, it's kind of like, it's you know, it's, it's not like you can go to the curtain drain aisle at uh, the local home center. You have to kind of build it yourself. But it's a very common technique called a curtain drain or a footer drain. Uh, so take a look at that, and you can find instructions on moneypit.com. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Laura. Thanks again for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Joseph on the line with an electrical question. What's going on at your Money Pit? Uh, I've got an older house that was built in the 1940s, and my daughter's nursery, the overhead fan and lights work, but none of the sockets in the room function, and I have no breakers that have tripped. So somewhere those sockets are disconnected. Now, are you sure the sockets are not connected to a light switch? Uh, I am 99% positive, sir. <laughs> there's, there's a seed of a doubt there that perhaps they could be. You know, sometimes the light, uh, the uh, outlets are, are operated by a light switch, uh, but I would say that it's not normal for that to happen in a 1940s house. 
But what you need to do is this. And when I say you need to do, I think more accurately an electrician needs to do, you got, you got to get into the wiring that's supplying those outlets and try to figure out why it's disconnected. It, it, I can't imagine any reason it would have been physically disconnected, which means it's most likely um, some failure in the wiring of the outlets themselves. But if you open up the outlets, you can see if you have hot wires there and try to figure out at what, what point they became uh, de-energized because they are probably wired in series, so the wiring goes from one to the next to the next. And uh, you need to do a little bit uh, more investigation to figure out why that is. But it's really not a do-it-yourself project. I don't want you to make Make a mistake, and I don't want you to get electrocuted. Yes, sir. Then I will uh, definitely look at, look at calling in an electrician. All right. Now we've got Deb in Missouri on the line who needs help with a flooring question. How can we help you? Yes. Um, well, we replaced our flooring, but we destroyed most of the molding trying to get it off the, okay. along the, the mop board. And uh, we're wondering what's the best way to put new on, what would be the best to use. Uh, the walls are all plaster. It looked like the nails had been set before the plaster was dried because we had to cut them off. And so how high up the walls did the molding go? Because usually with plaster walls, the molding is a lot taller than a standard three-and-a-half-inch base molding. It's three-and-a-half inches. It is three-and-a-half inches? Yes, but we could go a wee bit higher and still look nice. Right. Okay. Do you want the molding to be painted or natural? Well, I don't think we'll ever match the doors. It's all wood. And I don't think we'd ever match that. Okay, so do you want the molding to be painted then? Yes, we'll probably go painted, yes. But adhering it to the walls, it's going to be a, a, a real pain because of that plaster. Mm, yeah. Well, you're going to do it with a, with a combination of trim screws and uh, liquid nails. So you're not going to nail it, okay? Uh, what you're going to do is uh, probably the least expensive thing to buy is something called finger joint uh, colonial baseboard molding. It's a very uh, you know straightforward molding with a little bit of a, of a fluted edge on top. It looks nice. Looks finished. Uh, is it? Does the thickness matter? Does it have to be uh, a certain thickness to cover a gap between the wall and the floor? At least a quarter inch. Yes. Quarter inch. Okay. So all you're going to need is the molding then, because you could put the molding and then shoe molding over that, which would extend it out to almost an inch. But uh, no, you're going to buy finger joint baseboard molding. Finger joint means it's ready for paint. Now, before you apply it to the walls, I would prime it. So it's a lot easier to paint this molding. In fact, I would prime it and I'd put one finished coat of paint on it because it's a lot easier to paint it when it's up on some sawhorses than when it's attached to your house. And then when it comes to installation, you're going to, and you know what, you might want to get a carpenter that knows how to do this because, frankly, it's just a lot easier if you know how to, uh, to make a corner joint, which is called a coped joint, and you do it with a coping saw. But the way you attach it is with, after it's all cut to fit, you apply some liquid nails to the back of the molding, and then you put in only as, as many trim screws. And trim screws are kind of like drywall screws, except they have a really tiny head like a finish nail. But you only put enough of those in to hold it while it's drying. So you're not going to have nearly as many trim screws as you will nails. And it'll be really solid. And the last thing you do is fill those holes and you put one finished coat of paint on when, and then you're completely done. So by putting the paint on ahead of time, you're halfway there. All you can do is touch it up, fill the holes, one more coat of paint, you're good to go. Okay? Awesome. Thank you so very much. Deb, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Well, long before we had walls made of drywall, plaster was the material of choice for wall and ceiling construction. But often older homes settle and that's going to allow cracks to form in that plaster. Now, if you just go ahead and paint over those cracks, you're not going to solve anything. And then if you think about tearing off all of that plaster to redo it, that's going to be time consuming and expensive. But there is really only one correct way to make repairs to plaster walls that's going to last and look good. Yeah, so let's just start by describing how plaster walls are constructed. They're basically, they basically start with, think of it as studs like you would have in a traditional modern wall, except these are very old and beefy studs. And on top of that, they put little strips of wood called lath, or more commonly known as tomato steaks. That's what you would see them as today, right? They're like slats of wood that are nailed all over this studded wall. And then once that's in place, they would basically trowel on wet plaster, and the plaster would, would sort of get soaked into the lath. It would kind of get behind it. It would hold on to it. And that's how you got this beautiful solid wall, which was great. But let's face it, 100 years later, you get plenty of cracks in there. So how do you fix those without having to tear the whole thing out? Well, there's a bit of a trick of a trade to this. And it starts with something called a plaster adhesive kit. So this is a kit you can order online. And what you want to do is take a masonry bit and you drill holes on either side of the crack just into the plaster. And the reason you're using a masonry bit is not because you're drilling through plaster, but because it won't pierce the wood behind it, because you don't want that to happen. You just want this to go in the depth of the plaster, which is probably around an inch. Now, once you do that, you vacuum out those holes, and here's where the kit comes in. They're going to include in that something called a conditioning spray, which is a spray bottle with a nozzle, and you squirt some of the stuff into the hole, you wipe off the excess, and once you do all that, then you're going to apply adhesive that comes in a tube. It's kind of similar to a caulking tube. One squeeze in each hole gets that glue between the plaster and the wood lath that it's separated from. And the last step is to pull the plaster tight against that wood lath using screws and plaster washers, which are like kind of like a fender washer, but it's designed for plaster. So it's a really wide washer uh, with a small hole in it. You put the screw right through the hole you drilled, and then it pulls the plaster, the loose plaster against the lath, and you leave it there for a couple of days so that the glue can dry. Then you take off those washers, and then you go ahead and spackle the holes like you would any other hole, prime it, paint it, you're totally good to go, and it will not ever pull out again. So that's the process for permanently fixing a crack in plaster. Too many people will just sort of tolerate it. Not only can it be ugly, if you have cracked plaster on the ceiling and it separates completely from the lath and falls, it's heavy stuff. It's like a chunk of concrete coming down. So if you've got that loose cracked plaster, take the time to fix it. It is really not hard. It is very much a do-it-yourself project and you'll be a lot safer and your home will be more attractive as a result. And what is on your fall list this weekend, my friend? There's so many things I want to do. I definitely still have got to take that pool down and then fix the grass because that yard is an absolute disaster. And I ordered some new bedroom furniture for my older son because with the homeschooling, you know, the hybrid format and, you know, he kind of needs like a preteen room to do his yeah, middle school His own in. space, right? Yeah. So yeah. we've been going through 
all of his things. I mean, he has a tremendous amount of nonsense in that room, as every 12-year-old boy probably does. So it's been a lot of cleaning, a lot of organizing. Now I'm prepping the walls. We're going to paint. And I'm even doing, he kind of wants to make like a super cool skateboarder's room. And he wants to do some graffiti. So I found a great image of graffiti art that kind of felt very skateboardy, sort of SoCal. And I had it printed on sticky back vinyl. So I'm going to do one wall in this sort of graffiti print. So I've got a a few weeks before the furniture arrives because apparently every person was buying a desk across the country. And so we've been waiting, you know, two months. Now, uh, will you be able to remove that sticky back, uh, very cool skateboard art when he decides that he's outgrown a skateboard? I do. So when I (laughs) order it, I get the, um, you know, it's not the permanent adhesive. It's sort of, it's Mm -hmm. not a light tack either. You're going to put it up and it's going to stay. It's not going to sort of roll back. But when you want to take it off, it's not going to damage the wall. Hey, guys, if you're a DIYer or a pro, we've got a fantastic set of products we're giving away today to one listener. It's a set of 6-inch, 12-inch, and 24-inch Jorgensen bar clamps worth 90 bucks. These steel bar clamps are seriously strong. They've got cast iron heads, a high-carbon rust-resistant steel bar, and the sliding head has got fast-acting multiple-disc clutch design, and that means it's easy to put on and put off. It's got a large, easy-grip handle and a swivel pad. It's worth about 90 bucks for all these clamps to package is going out to one listener drawn at random if you'd like that to be you you got to do one thing well one of two things you can call us at 888 money pit with your home improvement question 888-666-3974 or you can post your question at moneypit.com and remember if we're not in when you call we'll call you back the next time we are and all calls that come in over the next week will be eligible for this giveaway again that number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT or post your question to moneypit.com that $90 set of Pony Jorgensen clamps going out to one listener drawn at random. Rob in Washington is on the line and is dealing with some flooding. Tell us what's going on. Well, I own a one-acre lot, and I'm surrounded by like 58 acres of Greenbelt. And my house sits up in the front of the lot, and I have a cement driveway that runs down into a 1,200-square-foot shop. And every time it rains here in Seattle, which is every other day, <laughs> yeah, frequently. and, and, and at, at daylight savings, we get an extra hour of rain. But I, I, I get my, my shop floods, and I, I need to know what kind of drain system I can put in in front of my shop. That The uh, cement is, is maybe... 14, 16 feet wide. So basically, Rob, what's happening is the water is running down the cement driveway and into the shop. Is that the main source of the water? What you need to do is to put a culvert across the driveway. So the way that works is you essentially cut the driveway in half. You slice out a gap in the driveway, and it might be 8 or 12 inches wide. How close to the shop, though? I would go probably a few feet in front of it. I wouldn't go too far away. Okay. Because that just gives you more water, more sidewalk to co- to collect, sort of in front of it. So I would go fairly close to it, and then you basically cut the driveway in half, and you drop this culvert in, which is sort of like a U-shaped channel. And then on the opposite end of it, it's attached to a drain line, which would go to a curtain drain. So the water would go down the dr- down the garage, it would fall into this culvert, and you can buy these or order these at building material supply centers that that's that service you know masons and people that do more commercial type work. You'll be able to find these pre-made, 
and the drain tile, the drain pipe would connect to the culvert, so the water would go out to this drain line, and then you go into a curtain drain. So the curtain drain you'd make yourself, and again, on the downside of the property, you'd carve out an area about 12 to 18 inches wide and deep, fill it with stone, lay the drain pipe in there, cover it with more stone, put some filter cloth, and then some topsoil, whatever you're going to cover it with. So essentially, the drainage for this is, is invisible once it's done, but you're intercepting that runoff down the driveway uh, and running it around the building and into the drain tile. And that pipe that you install there must be perforated. And, and I would recommend using solid PVC perforated pipe, not the flexible black like landscaping perforated pipe. Okay. Thank you, guys. Well, with fall comes the start of the season of chilly drafts, right? Well, having good energy-efficient windows can obviously help cut down on those drafts, but for those that sneak through anyhow, your window coverings can also play a role in making you feel more comfortable. Yeah, that's right. And here's why. Not only do you feel cold because outside air sneaks in, sometimes what you call a draft is really just caused by convection. As that warmer inside your house hits the cold glass of the window, it's chilled, and then it falls downward, causing what many folks think are drafts. Now, one of the best solutions is also one of the simplest, and it's cellular shades. As it gets colder, these unique pocketed shades are going to actually help to insulate the home by trapping that frosty air at the window. Now, you can choose between a single, double, or even triple cell to pick the right level of insulation that you need for your window. In the summer, these same shades can actually cut back on the heat that comes into your home by almost half, and that's going to save you money on your cooling costs as well. And you can also combine the cellular shades with drapes or curtains that'll give you an even stronger barrier against the cold. And remember, warm sun shines in from the south and the west. So when it comes to adding layers, windows facing north and east should be your priority. Those are going to be the coldest and will likely be the source of most of your discomfort. Well, all right. Dave from Michigan posted a question on MoneyPit.com. Now, he writes, would you recommend the product Dry Lock to stop water leaking through cinder block basement walls during heavy rainstorms? Hmm. Uh, how do I answer this? I would say no and maybe. <laughs> okay. So here's why. If your basement walls are, are leaking, Dave, after heavy rain, dry lock is only a small part of the solutions. Basements that leak after big rainstorms or even melting snow are doing so because there's something wrong with their outside drainage. Their gutters are clogged. They're discharging too close to the house. The soil around the house is settled in, now tilting sort of towards the foundation. And once that happens, any rainfall or snow belt is going to soak into that area and end up coming through the walls or up through the basement floor. And dry lock is not going to stop that leak. What it really should be used is sort of, I think, the very last step, Leslie. It's going to stop the normal soil humidity from getting through. Right. Like the condensation and stuff. Yeah. And and the the concrete wall, I mean, the cinder block walls are very absorptive. They're hydroscopic. So you do get moisture that will just just naturally wick its way in. But if you get a lot of water, it's not going to stop a huge flood. Your house is never going to float no matter how much of that stuff you know you put on. You got to fix the drainage problems first. Maybe even add a dehumidifier to that space. And then the last thing you might want to do is paint the walls with dry lock. That will stop as we said some of that humidity from forming, but it's not the one-step solution to solving wet basement. All right. I hope that helps you. Now, we've got another post here from Brandy who writes, are all wood cabinets worth the extra cost compared to wood fronts and MDF for the box? 
Well, I think the answer is it depends. You can get a very good quality cabinet with an MDF, which stands for medium density fiberboard uh, for boxes that can last actually a long time. Your best bet, I think, Brandy, is to shop the cabinet quality over the materials. I wouldn't discount cabinets just because the box is MDF. There are lots of different types, all with their own price points. You know, custom cabinets are going to be really expensive, uh, but semi-custom are good for more discriminating tastes and deeper pockets. You can get any style configuration or finish as long as it's in the manufacturer's catalog. And listen, there's nothing wrong with stock cabinets today. They are fantastic for tight budgets. There are more styles and colors available than ever before. You get them quickly. The box stores uh, have them. Ikea has great cabinets. I've got some Ikea cabinets in my office. They've been in there for over a decade. And they're beautiful and they're solid. They're not going to wear out. So uh, I think that you shouldn't be looking so much about whether or not it's MDF in terms of construction. Just find the cabinet you want and go from there. All right, Brandy, good luck with that project. It sounds like your kitchen is going to get a well-needed makeover for the holiday season. You've been listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. We're so glad that you have. We're here 24-7 to help you with your home improvement projects, your DIY dilemmas. If you need some ideas or inspiration, you can get those by calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT or please visit our website at moneypit.com. For today, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Pit!